0: Hey, folks. This is Robert Rankin Walker here with Cords, Vines, and Dines. Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce, and you're listening in on Cords, Vines, and Dines.
1: Hi there, you're listening to Cords, Vines, and Dines. I'm Tom Plant, and she is...
2: Cat Ellis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Happy Sunday! Hi, Tom. Hi there.
2: We had fun last night, didn't we?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes, we did with our friend Scott and Wanda and the gang.
2: For the uh, Temecula Valley Wine Connoisseurs. Correct,
1: and we did a uh, Pinot Noir tasting from mm. California.
2: It was really good. Mm, T- Love tasting 12 different wines.
1: I decanted mine yesterday before pouring it oh good open the bottle poured it into another vessel and let it it breathe a bit Give it some air so not only do we have another exceptional show today i can't begin to tell you how i am excited i am about next week
2: oh of course i'm excited too (laughs) well i'm excited every week but we're especially excited about our guests for next week
1: i met paul thorne nearly 15 years ago uh, I had heard him on uh, satellite radio and really it was a song called Ain't Love Strange that was the first song I heard of his and I looked him up on the web and I ordered the CD and I got an email back from a guy named Billy Maddox Billy is his tour manager and his writing partner he said Tom we're on the road right now I'm out of that right now but I, I will send it to you and that started a friendship uh, I went to see them in concert, uh, got to meet all the guys in the band, and uh, Paul tours. He does about 120 shows a year. He has 76,000 followers on Facebook, Wow! and uh, he's very prolific. Uh, what stories he's going to have to tell us. The son of a Pentecostal preacher, so his early music roots are in the church. He was a, uh, worked at, in a furniture factory. He was a professional boxer who fought <laughs> Roberto <laughs> Duran. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, he's a storyteller. Uh, and he's amazing.
2: Oh, he's so good. I'm excited. I can't wait to talk with him.
1: Yeah, I think we're just going to have Paul, and that's it. I'm one guest, and uh, that's all we're going to need, and we'll share his music yeah, with you, too. Yeah, because 20
2: minutes is not going to be long enough for all no. his stories. Well,
1: he cleared his schedule, so he says we'll have all the time in the world for you. Oh, that's great.
2: Yep. But on today's show, we've got our lemoncello people.
1: Rick and Lisa mayor. Yeah, got their name right this time. Rick yep. and Lisa Mayer.
2: We were up there in Fallbrook at their place last week.
1: Lemon Quest, lemon cello. Yes. Have you tried the uh, scrub yet? The
2: no, I keep forgetting to take it with me to the shower.
1: I got lemon mint, and it's really good. It's- Is it? Mm-hmm.
2: I thought about it after I got in the shower today, and I thought, ah, I'll get it next time. I, I didn't feel like going back out and getting it, bringing it in. But yeah, I keep smelling it though, and it smells so nice. Yeah. But-
1: so does the lemon mint and it feels nice it's you get those oils that just kind of soak into your skin
2: right oh i can't wait maybe i'll do another shower today there you go just to try it and then also we have um brian keeling brian keeling and i'm excited about brian
1: and you got to meet him through shooter jennings is that correct well
2: yeah i was i um went to do uh photos down at humphreys and uh Brian is was sponsored by Remo drums And so my friend Michelle who worked yeah, at Remo set it up for me to go in there to take photos And I was really there because she knew Brian and Brian set up for me to get my pass my my uh, media pass to go in and so I you know became friends with Brian got to meet shooter in the band and uh, they were opening for dickie betts
1: shooter by the way is waylon jennings son
2: right and uh, jesse coulter
1: yeah jesse coulter's his mama
2: and brian has a little story about that too because he started uh drumming doing some tracks with her before and he didn't know who she was at the time so mm-hmm. anyway it was very interesting
1: i'm not lisa <laughs> uh,
2: and uh anyway he's got some good stories about that and then he also uh after he was uh Drumming for Shooter, went on to Eric Sardinas. Wow, and uh, toured with him for a while, and then uh, even sat in with Fuel a couple of times. And cool. so he's got some good story. We could we didn't have time to go through no, it all. No, you couldn't. And then.
1: Um, and we have Robert Schuler from Melissa's Produce, and because summer is here, and Robert wanted us to have a bounty of summer fruits. And uh, wow.
2: I know we've got got so many goodies from him uh-huh. and i actually uh, cooked up the rhubarb. the rhubarb
1: it almost melts when you put it in the pan doesn't it it's yeah weird.
2: i've never you you know this is the first time i've ever cooked with rhubarb uh-huh. it's it, I, I didn't know what to expect and i've got it all cooked up now i'm going to experiment with a couple of other recipes i have in my mind nice i'm creating my own recipes for it so
1: i'm gonna do a little tease right now we have something in our solo cups, and uh, just to build the suspense, we'll we'll tell you what that is in a little while.
2: Let me tell you, it's got apple and it's got cinnamon. Well, in there's
1: it. your clue. That's all you're going to get right now.
2: But uh, anyway, should we get on to um, our lemon cello? Yeah, friends? Rick and Lisa, and we'll go from, ahead and play them
1: from Lemon Quest.
3: What got us down to to this area was we this went this, to an art show. Community. Yeah, well, we went to an art show at the Palma Valley uh, Golf?
0: Palma Valley Country Club. Country
3: Club, and we were like, this is really beautiful here. And then ne- next week, we were looking at property because yeah. we were up in Newport, and we were kind of house poor up there, and wasn't any place to go. So uh,
2: we came down here. So when did you start on your, your lemon lemon Lemon
3: lemon, or lemon. Or lemon, 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 lemon yeah. quest. Lemon. or lemon, quest. Tell me about the orchard. We moved in, it was yeah, you, okay. You well, we sure had it orchard. The orchard.
0: We had the yeah. orchard, but it was a remember, it was a navy commander who owned the property. And when he died, his uh, son or grandson took over and stuff. They neglected it for a long, long, long time. So when we moved here, we knew there was something out there, but there wasn't producing anything other than little. We just thought it was
3: articles. dead. We did, I mean, we didn't buy it for that.
0: <clears throat> the orchard. So I'm a, I'm a gardener. <laughs> so I started uh, giving it, as Lisa says, got, giving it water and giving it fish um, oil, uh, fish, um, mm-hmm. fish emulsion oil, and thinking I could bring something back, and soon enough, it actually came back to life. And then Lisa said, well, either you gotta go back to work or you need to figure out what to do with these lemons. <laughs>
3: so he tells me one day, he goes, you know, we got about 20,000 lemons out ah, there. Ah. I'm like, what? <clears throat> anyway, I, I just said, we, we gotta figure something. We gotta make this property. Cause really what it, he was gonna come down here and we were gonna do the art and then COVID hit and what? no one's worried about <laughs> selling art all of a sudden, you know, they're
2: like, that's nice. <laughs>
3: you know? Right. But
2: that's it. Well you're setting up your little adult. Uh, lemonade stand out here, here on go. the street. <laughs> all your are a your lemonade.
0: That probably wasn't going to work. Yeah, <laughs> because there are only a few cars that come in here every day. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to make enough income. That wasn't going to make. Yeah. If
3: you wanted to send us home, say, five hundred lemons, we'd be fine. You're yeah, looking well, we I could, could, could we could send you probably, probably, we, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, whole point. a whole tray We could send you more we're, than oh, you can use.
0: We're funny. We're supplying lemons to various restaurants in town in uh, trade for breakfast and lunch or dinner. You know. And so it's called. But finally, you know, I, uh, I went back to work in my field of contracting, but then I said, you know what, if I'm going to do something, I think these lemons are our future. And so I started on the internet and I looked at Danny DeVito, Valerie Bertinelli, mm-hmm. Gia, 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 what are you? Gia Laurentius? Yeah. Gia yeah, Marantos, yeah. 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 Her, uh, her recipe and somebody, a bunch of rock stars, with me, and I go, yeah. God, this stuff is terrible. I mean, ah, ah. So a lot it, of it went in the sink. Yeah, a, so a lot I looked at it hundreds of it went the recipes And I did an Excel spreadsheet, and I said, you know what? I think I can do this better than any of them. So I started creating different possible scenarios. Mm-hmm. We we even went beyond the pale and did things that no one else had done and finally I don't Lisa know if did.
3: anyone makes it the way you do
0: no finally well it's all it's so labor-intensive but and it's all hand-batched and finally said I think this is it and Lisa says "I think and Lisa's right.
3: saying I'll have one more yeah. and I'll <laughs> let you know let me have one more and then I, I think I need to taste another one
0: so but it wasn't an, there were two things that happened then and the first thing is Our daughter and her fiance, uh, who are these high powered attorneys that can afford to go to Italy and we can't, but they can, luckily, Um, they went to the Amalfi Coast and came back and told us how expensive it was to travel. So I said, okay, well, probably not going in there anytime soon. So they tasted limoncello because at that time they knew that we were making limoncello, otherwise, they never would have cared about Mm -hmm. it. And they said, god this stuff is horrible and they're not big drinkers
3: we said bring us some
0: so they did they brought us some and we're going oh my god this stuff is horrible (laughs) the next thing uh that happened was that once she brought this back we're going oh my god this is italian so we is
3: this the best in the world we bought
0: every cello that was available on the U.S. That we well, could at least get. available in California.
3: Yeah, that we could get. That
0: we could get, and it was not just Italian? I mean, to be fair, it's also from Oregon, from San Diego, from Ventura. And yeah, there were a lot of different there, ones. There got to be some good ones here, right? Uh, no. You showed us eight to ten bottles, that? Yeah, no, know? and and we had more. We've uh, we a lot of those got poured out because they were so horrible. It didn't. We've even had. But what really the big breakthrough was, was thanks to Lisa, which was the the MICA, Fool's Gold, FDA approved um, for confectionery industry, but we're putting it into a drink.
3: So what happened that was kind of serendipitous with that was, I was, you know, COVID was going on. And of course when COVID's going on, what can you do? There's, you know, three things you do, eat, you know, drink and sit on the internet. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much it. Yeah. After we've watched all of Netflix, that's we did all the, of that.
0: yeah. we did all
3: that thing. So you know, I was kind of doing a lot of research, and I was like, this one company I found in in Redlands, California, made had just started making what they call brew glitter. Mm. Like, what's brew glitter? So I started looking into it, it. just at the time when we were starting to. It was like the perfect time. And what it was is uh, this glitter that they make to go in brews. Um, wine, champagne. Now, whether they're different, I have no idea. And so what happened is um, we had put it in our, we made lemon syrup, lemon ginger syrup Mm. for crepes. And we put it in that and we're sitting there looking at it one day. I said, why don't we put this in the limoncello? Bingo. And that was it. We did. And that, that was the end. I mean, it was just like, all of a sudden people were like, people that had bought it before were like, I want that. I said, well, you want to trade your, no, I want the old one and that one. <laughs> well,
1: well, it's well, over, we're, it's we're a we're different problem. In, or if you pick up a bottle of your limoncello and look at it and don't move it around, it looks like an amber yeah. liquid. It looks, yeah. but when you shake that bottle, there's the mica in the bottom that you don't really see if you're just glancing at it. And it's magic. People
0: go nuts.
3: But you know, um, another thing that happened too is when we started tasting the other limoncellos, we started like doing a little bit of a deep dive into what was making ours a lot different. And one of the things we discovered was, a lot of the other ones were very bitter, and they didn't have, they. what we found out was, they take a lot more pith
1: yeah, and you don't want the pith. And the pith pit makes it bitter. It. Yeah, and yeah. what
3: they do in Italy is they just throw some more alcohol in there. Uh-huh, yeah. So your first note when you taste it is alcohol. Mm. And with ours, the first note is the lemon. Absolutely. So that made a difference. And then the other thing we found out is a lot of them don't even have real lemon in it. Wow. They have lemon flavoring, and they don't have real yellow. We don't put any dye in them. That's, that's from the orchard. We don't put any dyes or, or artificial anything in
0: ours. The color is gorgeous. The
3: color is gorgeous, and it's that—that's right from nature. There it is. Okay, so this I'm, has dye in it.
0: So I know this is a podcast. You actually can't uh, see it. Listening to this can't actually see anything. So I'm going to describe it. Well, I have a bottle, and this uh, is actually out of yeah. this actually is out of Miami, Florida. It's I'm going to describe it as a bright yellow liquid. Okay, and I'll agree with that. There's a reason why it's a yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's got bright, dye in right yellow it's because it have, has as FDNC yellow. Yeah. every Italian yeah lemon has FDNC yellow in it because they don't actually use lemons and they don't limoncello. take
3: it the, and they don't take the time.
0: And they have like the green, white and red for the Amer- Italian flag. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's very few
3: very few regulations so, by because the way.
0: FDA requires them to put the the chemicals in it they have to list FDNC yellow but they also have to list whether there's lemon in And generally speaking, there's there no lemon in There's lemon flavoring, which mm-hmm. is, and so we go, well, what the hole? <laughs> um, yeah. Now, what is what is the best 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 alcohol best on your product? What? It's 20% or 40%. So 40 it's, 40 40. 40. 40. 40. So it's actually listed at 21, but it's actually 20 and a half. So it's listed at 21%, which so is 42%. it's it's not, it's not. Uh, the, the Italian versions go up to 65, yeah. typically. Most of them are in the 55 to 65 range, uh-huh. but they use Everclear. Yeah. But it's not Everclear in, by Everclear. Everclear is made here in the country. Right. They use ethyl alcohol at 194 proof. Yeah. So I mean, that stuff is like. Yeah. So I'm using 80 proof vodka. Okay. And they're using 190 proof yeah. ethyl alcohol, alcohol, which is not legal in California. Right.
1: What a wonderful visit with Rick and Lisa. And how about their house? I mean.
2: We had an enjoyable time at their home. And we learned, too, about how they started coming out here with their learning to do this particular kind of artwork. And their art that was all over their house is absolutely over beautiful. Their house, it is. And she does half and he does half on the same, same canvas.
1: And if you look at it just at a glance, you would never know that it's two different artists. But if you really dive in deep, you can see... How each of them has their own different style, and uh, it's fascinating.
2: It is. It's, I don't know exactly what, did they say what kind of art that is, that uh, technique? They
1: paint on water, which is strange. Yeah, so. and,
2: uh, and the canvas is silk.
1: Yes, so uh, it's beyond my pay grade to understand what they're doing, but the end result is Amazing.
2: Yeah, it was really good.
1: And the lemon and the lemon jello is uh, we tried so many different lemon jellos. Well, I, I
2: thought it was kind of funny that they buy all the lemon jellos from other people that they can, right? Just to say, Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Oh, and they're, they're,
1: he didn't pull any punches. <laughs> this is horrible. This is garbage. This is undrinkable. This uh, and then <laughs> compared
2: to theirs, yes,
1: yeah, yeah, theirs is
2: so much better.
1: And the cool part is they have the mica in the bottles. So if you look at it, it looks. Like a normal lot of limoncello, shake it up, and it's just all glittery. It sparkles. It does.
2: And uh, she talked about somebody trying it in their champagne.
1: Yes, I have had it with champagne. It's very good. So,
2: yes. So, anyway, that was wonderful. Are we going to do a game of?
1: You want to do the game of?
2: Should we do one before Robert, one after Robert? Sure.
1: Okay. You're going to ask me about ingredients, and I'm going to ask you about regional dishes ingredients.
2: Okay. This tropical fruit has an aroma so pungent that some Southeast Asian hotels ban it from their premise.
1: (laughs) You already know what it is. I I think so. But let's see.
2: Okay. Uh, A. long Longan. longan, B. Jackfruit. C. Rambutan. And D. Durian. Durian. You're right. How do you know? And that? I
1: asked Robert if we could get some of it, and he said, "No, it's just too smelly. We can't carry it. It stinks." Oh wow! So
2: that's smelly, huh? Yeah.
1: Somebody uh, had asked me, "Do you think you can get a hold of some durian?" And I tried, and he said, "No, <laughs> we won't won't deal with it."
2: That's a you know what makes you, it it must taste
1: good. I think I've heard it smells horrible, but it tastes really good. So
2: usually, when something smells so bad, yeah. you don't want it. I mean your taste and your smell go together and it was but
1: all right, stop stalling. Okay. It's your turn for regional dishes. Order a screamer at Tony's lunch, a renowned lunch counter in Pennsylvania's coal country, and your burger will include this unexpected ingredient. Is it a peanut butter? B, shrimp cocktail? C, mashed potatoes, or D? marshmallow fluff the screamer
2: a screamer oh gosh
1: what does that hamburger come with a peanut butter yeah that would be my guess and uh, we both be wrong it's marshmallow fluff
2: ooh, <laughs> ooh! does that
1: sound hideous
2: oh my god <laughs> Ooh! yeah yes that does sound hideous
1: so, let's
2: get into our interview with Robert Schuler from Melissa's Produce.
1: What a pleasure it is to have Robert Schuler back on. Uh, Robert from uh, Melissa's Produce, our official produce sponsor. Good afternoon and happy summer, Robert.
4: Hey, good to be back onto the show with you guys.
1: Thank you. We have been feasting on your bounty of summer fruits and uh, heirloom tomatoes that you sent us. But tomato is a fruit, isn't it?
4: Pathetically, it is, and the eyes of the Supreme Court has actually ruled as a vegetable back back in 1973. Nobody's challenged it yet.
1: <laughs> Let it be.
2: Oh, um, I really enjoyed them. In fact, I made a pasta salad yesterday using them, and it made the the pasta look just so pretty. All the different colors, it was just gorgeous.
1: It was really good.
4: Tell us about those organic
1: uh, baby heirloom tomatoes, Robert.
4: Well, we have them in both uh, the the cherry size, which are the baby, and we also do uh, the the larger traditional uh, size as well. Um, We are getting into the peak of the season. I would say typically the peak of the season is usually between May and September. Uh, domestic out of California, mainly. Tomatoes are well-known and well-grown throughout uh, California, especially in Southern California. And uh, they come in many different colors, shapes, and sizes. Well, the smaller ones are oval, round, colors like green, orange, yellow, green, a little bit of mixture of color. Of course, there's orange and red. Um, each have a different flavor and uh, sweetness to them. Um, but, you know, like I said, this is the time of the year, both late spring and summertime, where you're going to bring out the best bounty. It's also a good time to actually grow um, heirloom tomatoes in your backyard if you um, have a
1: green thumb. Well, that's what you're doing, isn't yeah, it, Yeah, I'm growing
2: some tomatoes. In fact, I, I planted one called an atomic grape. And it's, okay. it looks, it's shaped like a, mini, a little tiny eggplant, but it's purple. And it, oh. is, it is so cute. I, I ordered it online, oh gosh, early this year, not knowing what it was going to be like. But I thought, well, this sounds interesting. I think I'll try it. And, but it's called Atomic Grape. And I posted some pictures on Facebook, and everybody says, no, I hate to tell you, that's an eggplant. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 it's a tomato.
4: <laughs> yeah, I can see the confusion in regards to that. There's over 250 varieties of heirloom tomatoes that are available to us. You're not going to find all 250 varieties <laughs> in your local supermarket. But if you do go online and search uh, heirloom tomatoes, I'm sure you'll get on to many um Websites that sell all these different exciting varieties. Yes, and you'll see you might have gotten some of the um, the, the heirloom tomatoes that are a brownish or a purple to black color, and uh, those are becoming more popular. Um, color is not an indication of sweetness. It's just purely the variety that grows in that color that Mother Nature has provided. And um, they can be just as sweet as your traditional red variety. So I, I definitely would recommend trying some of the different heirloom tomato varieties that are available out there in the marketplace.
1: So we uh, we have several months ahead to be enjoying these, uh, this bounty of tomatoes, don't we, Robert?
4: Definitely. Uh, in California here, you can pretty much grow tomatoes, usually um, in your backyard in California mainly or in the Sunbelt states from May until about October, November, until the rains come, and then that kind of, the colder weather and the rain kind of slows down the tomatoes, but in my backyard, I almost grew tomatoes on a year-round basis, but there's nothing like the abundance in June, July, August, September, and early October, especially.
1: So we're just scratching the surface of what was in that magnificent box you sent. You uh, said a a beautiful little melon, uh, and how do you pronounce the name of that? It's a French?
4: Yes, that's the French Charente melon. Yes. And, um, yes, that is the common melon in all of France and most of Europe. Um, If you've ever been to Paris or anywhere in France and you had what you thought was very much like a cantaloupe, well, that's their common cantaloupe, but it's called the Charentes. Actually, smaller in size, it's perfect for two people, um, looks like a little basketball, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's cream color on the outside with the green stirrations, you know, like the the, the, the the lines you see like on a basketball, very similar, but they're green on this melon, and the Tate, believe it or not, even though it tastes summer ripe, as are many other melons that are available to you in the marketplace. They taste the same now in the summertime than they do in the December and January, February time, when you don't see a lot of melons and the melons aren't that sweet. That is because we grow them um, in a great environment in the Dominican Republic into the United States to enjoy that summer-tasting melon all year round. They have an orange flesh, just like a cantaloupe, but you would probably both agree that it is much sweeter in
1: flavor profile. I certainly agree, Kat. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. It's, it's delicious. And we also love it. There are just so many things to go over. We had uh, both red and green uh, Moscato grapes. Oh, yes.
4: Yes, um, and that's one of Melissa's signature varieties. We do them in red, green, and black, and they're all seedless varieties. Um, and... Um, we are just starting the California season, um, where you'll be able to find those three. Um, and we also do a package where they all come together, so you have a good, colorful plate of different Moscato grapes. We're going to be looking forward to. I got you. Got to write these ones down. Moscato grapes are pretty much available from the springtime into the fall time. We do import um in the winter time but in the summer time i don't think there's better than a than california these table grapes are just so delicious but here are the other ones you want to write down because the season's going to be starting up in just a couple weeks because you know um summer is a great time not only for melons that we just talked about but grapes and uh um another couple of my favorites to look out for pretty soon are the cotton candy grapes yes which are ones that basically taste like cotton candy and uh you know they, they're kind of seasonal and grown in different areas but we're going to get into the biggest season which allows for them to be available um late July, August, and early September, but also those Jelly Drop grapes, which will be starting up in just a few weeks out of the um, Central Valley as well. And um, the Jelly Drop grapes, if you've ever had a Concord without the thick skin and without the seeds, that's what a Jelly Drop is. It's like a seedless Concord with no thick skin, completely edible and delicious. Those taste beyond what a grape would taste like, um, and uh, they are delicious as well, but, you know, an all-time favorite and, and um, known are those Melissa's Moscato grapes, and no matter what color you like, whether it's red, whether it's green, or the black, um, they come in all three flavors.
1: And are the cotton candy and jelly drop both uh, grown in California?
4: Yes, And, uh, you know, the season for everything, whether it's the tree fruit, the melons, and the grapes, they've all started a bit later than usual because we had a really wet winter and a really cool spring. So typically in June, we start the California season, and now we're just starting to get into it and uh, look forward, and hopefully we'll extend the season to more in- uh, until like October, maybe early November. Granted, just like the tomatoes I was talking to you earlier, when it starts getting cold and it starts raining, that will, uh, turn off the grape season really fast. But with the, in the central Valley right now, with temperatures and 90 plus, which are ideal, uh, grape, um, uh, season that we've been waiting for out of the central Valley from, um, Bakersfield, Delano, all the way to Fresno. You know, driving on that five and the ninety-nine. If you ever uh, take that long freeway of agriculture, you're going to see a ton of grapes because the Central Valley is really known for their grapes.
1: Oh, you drive past miles and miles and miles of them. Yes, summer. Uh,
4: you know, and and just a note for when you see those crops growing on the side of the road. It is illegal to stop your car to pick that. So do not do that. It is dangerous on those highways because, you know, I believe on the, on the 99 highway through the Central Valley, this, the speed limit is like 70 miles per hour. It's much higher than anywhere else, um, you know, especially in Southern California. But also, it would also be illegal. So please go to your local store to find these wonderful grape varieties and other fruits and vegetables.
1: We also uh, had uh, some Mission Figs in that box, and those those were growing in uh, Fresno, right?
4: Correct. And uh, we just, in the last few weeks, have just gotten into, just like I mentioned about the melons and the grapes and the tree fruits, the fig season started late as well. Typically, we start in in May, but we didn't start until mid-June. And the, um, the variety that is most well known and, and the chefs love the best are the black Mission figs. Um, they're smaller, they're dark, almost black, brownish black, almost purple in color. And obviously, like all fruits, when you wash them, the whole thing is edible. Um, we have <coughs> two other varieties, the brown turkeys, which are the heirloom varieties and probably most produced, longest season variety are now available. In, in just a couple of weeks, because of the warmer weather, especially out of the Central Valley, and um, the, the largest growing area of fresh figs for the United States in California is in Madeira, California. Mm. That is the big city there. Um, those um, wonderful uh, tiger-striped figs, these are the figs that are yellow with green stripes in them, hence the name tiger stripes. You cut them open, and they're like, pinkish white on the wow. inside they are not only delectable to look at but to enjoy as well so you know we've got some exciting fruits that are coming mainly almost all of out of california especially the sunbelt states um to look forward to in your local produce department
1: well those uh, mission figs are great you can just pop them in your mouth they're they're delectable
4: Great. Fantastic. Or if you have the time, you you can make a wonderful jam or chutney. Mm. Uh, you know, wrap it in prosciutto, stuff it with some blue cheese. Um, the 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 mission the, the the figs the fresh fig season is just one of those fruits that are very seasonal, very delicate, and chefs just love using them on the menu.
1: All right, tell us about the mangoes from Mexico.
4: Yes, you know, as you know, mangoes are the number one fruit in the world, but here in the United States, um, they're only um, they're only like number sixteen. Mm-hmm. So, what does the rest of the world know that we don't? So, mangoes are available year round in the United States. However, they're mainly all imported into this country, and um, you know, not every variety is as Tasty as another. There's about seven to eight different main varieties that are available to us. I want to note that color is not an indication of ripeness. The only fruit really that has an indication of ripeness by color is bananas. They go from green to yellow. That's the ripeness. But for some reason, Americans think that the color of the mango dictates the ripeness and how good a a mango. You are so wrong (laughs) if you think that. There are some varieties that are all yellow. There are some varieties that are all green. And there are some varieties, and the most common varieties have a shade of red, orange, yellow, and a little green. Green is not an indication of ripeness. For all fruit, in general, fruits talk to you in the way that it's the way in which you know that fruits are ripe, especially like the mango, is they need to be soft to mm-hmm. the touch. You know, you don't want to cut into something that's rock hard. And two, most importantly, and this is, a, this is for all fruit, there has to be a sweet aroma. If there is mm-hmm. no aroma, keep it out on your counter. You should never put fruit into the fridge, especially like tomatoes and bananas and There's a couple other fruits you really don't want to put in the refrigerator unless they turn ripe. Merely, if you want them chilled or if you feel like the fruit is going to go bad, then you put them in the refrigerator. Okay, now getting back to the mango. The ones that I sent you guys are the tree-ripened mangoes. Even though mangoes are available year-round, as I mentioned, there is a peak of the season. And usually the peak of the season is May, June, July, and early August because um, the, the season was pushed forward, mainly because of uh, northern Mexico. And even, believe it or not, we do have mangoes that come out of California and Florida now for the United States. We did start into our peak of the season a little later. And what's so, what's so good about the tree-ripened mangoes that Melissa produces, whether it's the Saporano variety the tree-ripened variety, or the Australian variety. Um, These are fruits that allow for them to be staying on the vine longer. They actually stay on the vine seven to ten days longer, allowing for a sweeter fruit, because most mangoes that are imported into the United States have to be cold or hot water treated, so they do have to pick them early, rock hard, and go through the treatment. The reason why they go through that hot water, cold water treatment is to clean them off of any little buggies that might have <laughs> found their way on the fruit. Because when the um, when the mango is picked from the tree, it actually, like, saps. And what ends up happening is the sap runs down the fruit. It attracts buds. The bugs become a problem to import them in, so they do go through a hot and cold water bath. So all those little buggies are gone. However, on the tree-ripened mangoes, they do not have to be picked early and go through that process because there's a certified growing area in California and also on the border of Mexico and California allowing them to be tree-ripened, and that's what makes them so special. So look for the Melissa's Label tree ripened mangoes or Saporano mangoes you cannot go wrong with those mangoes especially during the late spring and summer months
1: robert they were so sweet and delicious Uh, i don't think they could have been any riper just fabulous
4: awesome and so let's uh let's talk about tree fruit because the tree fruit is another one of those fruits that um that is spectacular during this time. And i talked about how everything was delayed. And, you know, usually apricots start in late April, early May, but they didn't even start until June. Even that, um, not only apricots, peaches just started in mid-June. Um, uh, plums are just starting right now, um, now that it's July. Plum cots as well. And then, of course, nectarines. But I think I sent you some exciting... Organic apricots you that are grown here in Southern California. They're also grown in the Fresno Central Valley area there. And, you know, that fruit is a very sensitive fruit. It doesn't last as long as some of the other uh, tree fruits like peaches, nectarines, and plums. The apricot season is typically a season that goes for less than two months, unlike peaches, nectarines, and plums. They go three to four months. And so take advantage. We're only going to have apricots for less than the end of July, and then they're going to disappear. But you're going to see these spectacular organic peach bites, organic plum bites. And what we put in these packages that are Melissa labeled, which we call bites, are the best of the season um, tree fruit at that time. So, um... You're not going to go wrong if you see Melissa's organic plum bites or organic peach bites because you'll find them in a clamshell. Usually they're like four to eight count depending on the size because the funny thing about these tree fruits is every two to four weeks, a new variety is available. Some are larger, some are smaller. But one thing's for sure, you're going to have a sweet, enjoyable experience with these um, clamshells tree fruit. Also the clamshell uh, helps uh, another way with food safety. Our clamshells are recyclable. Nice. Um, so that's that's a good thing. But the thing is is one thing about tree fruit is you can't like bounce them around or you know right. you don't want to stack any other fruits or vegetables on top of them. Um, because the apricots, the peaches, the plums, they will soften up on your counter nicely, get good aroma. And then if you want them chilled, then put them in the refrigerator to enjoy uh, later that day or the next few days there. So again, I mentioned about fruits. Most fruits you must always put on the counter and let them ripen up by the aroma and by the feel of them. Um, before you put them in the refrigerator because you want them to completely ripen up. So, But how did you guys like the apricots that we sent? I loved them. They I were, thought
5: they were really good. They oh were God.
1: fabulous. Um, and we noticed that Peach Bites was on the list, but they weren't in the box, so they mu- you must not have had them handy at the time of shipping.
4: I'm sorry. They must have got shorted for that day when I sent you the order. But I assure you now, and uh, <laughs> I can send you some, the Peach Bites are delicious. The organic peaches that we have, the organic nectarines, Mm. even the plums, Mm. which just started up, um, you know, and we'll have a season probably through when typical season stops in September. We're probably going to have them until October. And so uh, those are some exciting treatments to even enjoy in the early fall season as well. So look for that. So it
1: sounds like summer has almost two seasons.
4: It's, it, everything was just pushed forward there and that's the, the beauty of mother nature um, you know it provides when it's ready you you know it's hard to be able to grow stuff uh, without the um, good watering good uh, growing practices good soils and especially the weather you know and all these fruits that we've talked about whether they're melons, grapes tree fruit and tomatoes one thing's for sure they like Warm, hot, sunny days, and because we lack them so so much in the grow in the typical domestic growing season, everything's starting later than better. So, don't panic. Go to your local <laughs> stores now. You're going to see all these exciting figs and tree fruits and variety melons and all these California grapes um, that I just started up, and then enjoy those um, variety tomatoes. You you just can't go wrong with the California season in full production now.
1: Robert, let's not forget about the rhubarb that you included in the box.
4: Oh, yeah. A a vegetable that is very resemblance. Um, You know, there's not a lot of vegetables that are highly seasonable. Um, You know, there's only a handful. But rhubarb, believe it or not, even though people use it as a fruit, is actually a vegetable. Mm. It looks like a red stock of celery and um, it is enjoyed in a lot of desserts a lot of times it's paired with berries like strawberries Um, and um, we are at the peak of the season for them you know rhubarb is coming back in the marketplace on how it's being used especially in desserts and um Even though we carry almost 10 months out of the year, we are now in the domestic crop, which comes from Washington, Oregon, of course. California will uh, shore up the rest of the season, which usually ends uh, in September. Possibly this year we might get it to October if it doesn't get too, too hot. But that's another enjoyable, well, in this case, vegetable that you can enjoy with the summer bounty of California fruits.
1: I want to remind our listeners that if you go to melissas.com, there are easily hundreds or maybe more than 1,000 recipes, Robert? Yes. Actually, we we carry 1,500
4: different items. I think there's almost a 1,000 items on our website now. There should be three recipes for every single item we have on our, on our website there. In case of, like, the tree fruits, the melons and stuff that we've been talking about today, grapes, you're going to see more than three recipes Mm. for each of those exciting varieties that I had mentioned. So, yes, go to Melissa.com and uh, just uh, type in the search engine up on the top right corner what your favorite fruit or vegetable is that I've talked about today, and uh, the information is invaluable doing more and exciting things for these peak-of-the-season produce items that are available this summer.
1: Kat has been reminding me that it's my turn to pick a recipe, and I, one that intrigued me was the turban squash soup, but turban squash isn't quite in season yet, is it?
4: Not yet. Um, when we get into those um, later this uh, season, in the late summer, early fall there, I think you're going to enjoy a lot of the, the winter squash beyond just the summer squash that are highly... You know, because it's always easy right now because it is the peak of the season of zucchini and patty pan and sunburst squash and all those soft skin varieties. You're going to, even though botanically it's a fruit because, you know, zucchini and stuff have seeds, people think of it as a vegetable, just like uh, tomatoes. But if you're a botanist, you know botanically those squashes, whether it's the summer squash that have a... Um, that thin edible skin or those winter squashes that I know you're looking forward to have a thick um, uh, you know very durable skin on the outside that you typically don't eat Um, that's something to look forward to in the fall.
1: Robert it's always such a pleasure to visit with you and, and thank you so much and thanks to Melissa for being our produce sponsor.
4: Well, thank you. I always uh, love to talk to your uh, your viewers, your readers, <coughs> and your listeners to always incite them about getting um, the family involved in the kitchen, in the whole cooking process, great ways to get kids to eat more fruits and vegetables or your husband or your wife, um, and, you know, just the possibilities of all these Exciting varieties that are available to us. Like I said, Melissa's does over 1,500 different fruits and vegetables. There's basically not a fruit or vegetable that we don't do at Melissa's. Um, we just try to make uh, produce exciting, and I hope uh, these summer bounty fruits is something that um, everybody will start to look forward uh, to at their local supermarkets.
2: I know I am. <laughs> I love it. I've always loved Melissa's, and every time I go to the grocery store, I'm over at the table there where Melissa has their own separate table looking at all the goodies you've got.
4: Well, thank you. And, you know, if you can't find some of the produce, um, though it should be pretty abundant in most of your produce departments under the Melissa's label. You can always go to Melissa's.com, and we will tell you what stores in your area carry Melissa's items. Or, you know, in many cases, people like to send gifts. Uh, we have a ton of gift baskets with uh, all these some of these different varieties that I've talked about and some of the exotic varieties that you'll be able to find as well I um, mean you can easily send those gift baskets online especially if it's not going to yourself or maybe going to an aunt or uncle or um, a husband or wife or any family or friend that you would like to send a quality gift gift basket full of these exciting fruits and vegetables uh, just go to our website
1: oh yeah thanks as always robert it's it's a joy to have you on what a great guest robert schuler you're listening to cords vines and dines and the couple of great things about robert is a he's happy to come back on the show anytime he knows so much about produce and b he keeps sending us goodies <laughs>
2: Oh, it's amazing how much he knows. I Anybody mean, else? it's just he could tell you everything about it. all the fruit, their origins, what how to yep. how to grow them, how to keep them, um, and then all the recipes. He said that there are what, three recipes for each one at of those three for every Yeah, fifteen hundred
1: So fruits. that's we are talking about almost five thousand recipes on yeah. the website. So they have
2: about fifteen hundred fruits and veggies and then at least a minimum of three recipes for each one of yep. those.
1: So it's my turn, and on next week on the show, I will have my recipe, and uh, I love keeping up the suspense. Okay, speaking of suspense, as you'll remember, it was uh, about a month ago that we had Georgette Jones on the show. And Georgette was, uh, we were asking her about her new Apple Sin Whiskey, and uh, it took a, a few weeks, but she uh, I got a nice package uh, Friday and had a bottle of Georgette Jones Apple Sin and it is an apple cinnamon whiskey, and uh, I I can definitely taste the apple, and I can definitely taste the cinnamon.
2: Oh, it's good. I'm not even a whiskey. Drink. I don't even taste the whiskey.
1: Well, she said she and she said her husband hates whiskey and and loves this, and she said she doesn't really care for it either. But I think it's good. It's
2: good. I I don't like whiskey. I'm not a whiskey drinker, but this is really good, especially over ice. It
1: goes down easy. Uh huh. Thank you, Georgette. Thank
2: you, Georgette. We, we may not finish. Well, this bottle might be about halfway gone before we end the
1: show. <laughs> so, and Georgette has also said that she'd be delighted to come back on the show. So uh,
2: definitely have to have her again. There's so much more to her, her history and her music and everything. We have barely covered it.
1: I just saw a video that if you can watch this without tears coming down your cheeks, you're a better person than I am. It's Vince Gill. And Patty Loveless singing at George Jones' funeral at the Ryman Auditorium. And Vince oh. Vince choked up three or four times, couldn't couldn't get the words out. He, so if you can watch that without crying, well, good for you.
2: Wow. Well, I'll have to watch that when it's I'm It's called
1: Rest High on That Mountain.
2: When when I'm ready to feel like I need
1: a cry. For a good all. cry, oh boy, that'll <laughs> that'll deliver.
2: <laughs> yeah. I still haven't watched some of the movies you've called me to watch because you said they're tear-jerkers. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need help on that. I can do that pretty well
1: on yeah. my own. All right. So we have, should we do another game of food and then go into Barry? or yeah. Brian, name? Brian, Brian. 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 Okay. Do you want to quiz me on people in pop culture or cooking tools and techniques?
2: Mm, how about people?
1: Okay. You ready, people? Fire and away. Pulp- People and pop pop
2: culture. Despite the popular perception, Twinkies are not truly immortal. What is the (laughs) shelf life of these snack cakes before they begin to spoil? A. 14 days. B. 45 days. C. 90 days. Or D. 270 days?
1: I'm going to go with 270 days.
2: Eh. 45 days. B. I know. I always thought they would last longer than four yep. I, never, I never liked them. I never bought them.
1: When I was a kid, I liked them.
2: I, I, I never liked those things as a kid. I was different.
1: All right. Your category is cooking tools and techniques. Which French knife technique produces the smallest cut? Is it A, julienne, B, chiffonade, C, br- brunoise, or D, tourne?
2: Oh, my gosh. I would say A.
1: C, brunoise. Mm. Well, I would course. have thought it was chiffonade, but we're both wrong.
2: Okay. Well, that tells you what I know about <laughs> French knives. <laughs> so, should we get on to uh, my friend?
1: Brian Keeling.
2: We had so much fun during this interview because we hadn't... Uh, seen each other in many years now even though I've been following them on Facebook and you know we kind of go back and forth a little bit but we hadn't really chatted and so we had a lot of part of the interview I cut out because it was stuff we were just getting caught up on but there was one thing I didn't know about was his little bout that he had cancer right and he talks about that and this whole new meaning on life after that and so that um that really kind of surprised me i had no idea and he now has a new band that that he's going to be uh, going on tour and they're going to be releasing um their music here real soon how exciting and uh, in in theory that's the name of the band in theory but he also is playing with another band and i don't remember recall the name of that and they're going to be out in san diego I believe next month. So he's gonna let me know his yeah, schedule we, need to and we go can field get field trip. Field trip. Go <laughs> catch up with him. But when I met him, his son Gunner was only about four or five years old. And now Gunner's in college. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. And so that's it tells you how long we've been friends. But um I was really excited to talk with Brian. He's such a great guy. And so let's get on to our interview with Brian. Well, this is Cords, Vines and & Dines, and I am so thrilled to have my old friend, I mean, old as in time, not in age, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Keeling, drummer extraordinaire, Mr. Brian Keeling. Brian, it's been way, way too long. I'm following I <laughs> you on Facebook, but it's not like... Not the same, not as how used to staying out and all the fun we used to have, so how are you that is true.
6: i'm I'm doing really well at the yeah I was uh we were talking before I had this a little health scare last September where you know they found a little bit of cancer, like the tip of a pinky like under my tongue, so that was scary, but I I had moved to Nashville by then and Vanderbilt's there and my doctor is one of the four top four best surgeons in the US. So it's like it's a good thing that I was, I guess, in Nashville for that to happen and went through the surgery and that kinda changed the whole bunch of stuff across the entire spectrum of my thoughts, uh, on life. Like when you think you're gonna When you're told you have cancer,
5: (laughs) oh yeah, and
6: and there's about you know two or three weeks there where you know I thought you know what if I die? Everyone in my family when I was a kid, my dad, my mom, both such of grandparents, everybody died of cancer. So when they told me that, I thought it's pretty dark. It was very very dark until Dr. Kyle Mannion was like, "I'm going to get rid of this. We caught this early, and I went through the surgery." And they did get rid of everything. And, you know, it just, you know, I'm alive and I talk a little differently, but I'm alive. It's kind of like, you know, every, I know we're going to talk about drums and all that stuff, but I'm just saying like something like that uh, makes you, I mean, it's just kind of like anything that I used to ever complain about before, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, I've got, you know if ever I start to complain about anything its I think about you know I'm alive it's like if if there's something to complain about it's it's more like now it's like it's something to be solved, and anything can be solved and the whole you know the whole worry, the word worry has become obsolete, you know there's no reason to worry about anything I don't think anymore because some people like put a negative spin. What if I can't do this? Or what if this happened? Well, what if, what if the polar opposite happens? What if, what if you do get what you're going for? You'll never know unless you go for it. And you're, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah, you're... I'm a positive person anyway. I like to think optimistic anyway, but, but honestly that put a whole new appreciation of a, uh, of life and, as just existing, and it was kind of like you know, wow, you know, just, there's really nothing to complain about anymore. So whatever, that's out of the way. Yeah, but, your
2: yeah. your priorities have changed quite a bit. Oh right? yeah,
6: it's uh, I don't, I don't take things and trying to, I try not to take things personally anymore, and you know, it's like I just feel like just lucky to 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 be around and lucky that they got it. I didn't have to have chemotherapy or radiation or anything because they got it all. So. Oh, That's great.
2: <clears throat> that's really good. Well, it, it hasn't slowed you down any.
6: Well, it slowed me down for about a month. <laughs> oh, a <laughs> month. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it.
2: When I met you, you were drumming for Shooter Dennings.
5: Yeah.
2: And yeah. I think the first time I met you was, was down at uh, Humphreys in San Diego. Shooter opened for Dickie Betts. <laughs>
6: I know we opened for them at also in Albany, New York, and uh, and they were very taken with uh, Leroy Powell, who's now playing with. He's out with Travis Tritt now, and oh. also doing a lot of recording in Nashville.
2: And you and Shooter were together for quite a while. In fact, you wrote some music together.
6: Uh huh. Yep. He was. I met Shooter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I moved to when I moved to Los Angeles from. Yeah, that was back in 2002 And I think it was in the fall it, I think it was in the fall of 2002 uh, From Austin, Texas Moved there And I got a call I think it was within two weeks I was still unpacking boxes To go record up in Burbank And it was a friend of mine Who had played drums, And he said it's going to be a You know, it's an unpaid session uh, But it's with a You know, it's with a Really cool artist from the 70s And I was like, who's that? And he said her name is Jessie Coulter, and don't kill me. But I didn't know who Jessie was. <laughs> you know, like at that time, I didn't grow up on country music, which um, I wish I, I kind of wish someone would have pointed it out. I grew up on mostly jazz and rock, and you know, ended up being you know stuff like Jeff Beck and Frank Zappa, Alan Aldworth, Fire Gyra, you know. Right, but and 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 stuff like that. No one ever really, no one ever pulled out Waylon Jennings and said, "Check this out," or something. So anyway, I was like, "Yeah, I don't. Doesn't really matter who it is. I moved to L.A. to record, so I'll I'll do it." And I drove up there uh, to Burbank, and you know, there was another drummer there as well. I guess they wanted us both to play at the same time, and uh, we were doing it, but. It was flaming with the other drummer. Like, the, it was, like, not working with the other drummer. And I got the song within the first... Like, I knew how to play within the first time. And I remember walking into the control room, and uh, and Jesse was really super nice right off the bat and all that stuff. And I walked in the control room and saw this, like, you know, this short guy with a beard and glasses with a really deep voice. Um, <laughs> was, and I was just like... You know, I think I can, I think, you know, I know you want to get, you know, both of us playing at the same time, but how possible is it to just, can I just go in there and do it and get, you know, get this cake down, and then you can get, you know, this other guy to play drums on it, and then, but at least, you know, I already know how I can get it, and so he said, yeah, no problem, and we got it, And, and then went on to the second song, and... I just said, take the click out and turn up Jessie's piano because her groove, she sort of had this New Orleans groove on the piano. And I was like, I'll just, you know, I'll just sink into that instead of a click. And so it worked. And that was that. I left. And uh, I was playing with a band called Alter Eden at the time, also another band called Galapagos. Both bands had moved from Austin. But six months later, Shooter called out of nowhere. And, uh, I was down to Santa Monica playing a show with Alter Eden and he's like, can you play some shows with me and my mom? You know, we're going to do House of Blues next week and uh, I can show you some songs. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And started playing with them. This is still, like, this is 2000, a little after 2003 started. And uh, all these different bass players, but it was always him and Jesse. And then, you know, eventually... He had, I um, mean, you know, I knew all these songs. We were playing with different bass players, and one night, uh, he's like, we've got this guitar player coming in, Leroy Powell, and uh, we were rehearsing at this horrible rehearsal place in Hollywood that took 45 minutes to even find a parking place, and mm-hmm. you could hear the bass from the other bands, like, coming through the walls, like, so loud that it was hard to hear who was playing bass in the room with you. Mm-hmm. It was, like, horrible.
5: Oh, gosh. <laughs> but, uh...
6: But, uh, but anyway, Leroy played And then our bass player, Tia, at the time uh, Was was going to go audition to play drums with Pink And we thought she'd probably get it So she left rehearsal and, and Leroy goes, you should really check out Ted Camp on bass Who I've known since Seattle And so he came the next night And as soon as he walked in I mean, I think we were in the middle of we might have, I don't remember the exact song. It was either Daddy's Farm or maybe Fourth of July or something. And he had this little bass app, and he plugged in and started playing along immediately. And me and Shooter just kind of looked at each other, and it was just like, we think really we got it. We got the band here. Like, this is it. This is it. was all worked. It was sort of like all the gears clicked in place. And uh, that's when, you know, we played through a few more songs, and then Shooter was like, I'm going to go make a phone call. And uh, and then those guys knew each other. I didn't know them at all. Also, I didn't know a ton about country music, but they did. And so when Shooter left the room, there was this like silence for a second. And, uh, and then Leroy's like, if he gets George Jones to be on this record, I'm going to, I should watch my language, but I'm going to crap or whatever you want to <laughs> say. And he did, get, he did get George Jones to do it. I mean, eventually, I mean, eventually that just became. We recorded, you know, the entire record. Dave Cobb ended up being the producer who nobody knew who he was at the time. He's now got Grammys. He's done, you know, everyone from Sergio Simpson, you know, uh, Rival Sons. He he did the whole, you know, Town Utuck. I mean, he's he's got tons of Grammys now as well as Shooter for producing. But in any case, he did all those records and worked out great. So uh, that was all from, you know, showing up with uh, to do that Jesse thing, you know. Wow. And I remember there was one time in the back of the bus, shooter was like, told us, he said, all I know is you came in to record with my mom one day, and I knew right then and there I had to disband my other band and form a new one, and you needed to play drums on it. So that was that until 2011, and then it all changed, and he got a new band from New York, and that's that.
2: Wow. Well, you guys recorded uh, one of your songs that, that you wrote together, and, and it was on, what was that, like NCIS or one of those? Shows? It was on
6: NCIS. Uh, yeah, I actually, I wrote, I wrote that song and showed up with it, and we were in the middle of recording The Wolf, and I wrote it in like 20 minutes, it was, and i have never really written anything like that that fast. Ever. It just kind of felt like it was pouring into my head and it had a train being sort of like a dire straits deal to me. And it was called, it's called Hire. It's on the Wolf. And, uh, and I showed it, to, we were in the studio at the time and I showed it, I was out with my dog, Foxy, who you met. Who yeah. Met Foxy. Uh, at the time, went up to Switzer Falls that morning, and I had to turn around on the trail, like, uh, I was like, we can't finish this walk today, because I can't keep all these lyrics in my head, like, they were just literally pouring into my head, and let's get back so I can write it down, so we got back, and I pulled, like, a receipt out of my glove box, and wrote everything down, and uh, and then showed it to Leroy, and showed it to Shooter, you know, a couple hours later in the studio, and he's like, we're going to record this tomorrow, and I was like, what? <laughs> so, so, you know, we get there. I got there, and um, and he said, they had, I mean, he had already been working on it. He goes, you need to come up with a, a third verse. And I was like, what about the bridge? And he goes, we're not doing the bridge. He said, basically, like, cut out the bridge, kept everything else, and said, you got to come up with a, a third verse. And we're going to do it in halftime instead of – you know, regular, instead of like, it was like, that's it. like half time. I was like, right. what? And all of them were like, believe me, it's going to sound better. It'll be better. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so while we went in there and cut it and cut where the third verse was going to be with no lyrics yet, and then, you know, it was, uh, then when he was, while he was in there, you know, putting vocals, uh, putting like while Leroy was putting guitars I and mean, then vocals were going on, I wrote a third verse. And, uh, you know, it's a, it turned out to be this sort of party song about, you know, meeting girls and stuff and all the things like I thought, you know, this is going to be the whole third verse. is sort of a rap sort of a thing That's I know it's whatever it is, what it is, but it's like all the things on a, like, if you have a one night stand with anybody, all the stuff that you don't have to worry about on a one night stand. So that's what that. Is. Wow. Good God. Golly, yeah, a, I'm burying myself here. I but, um, but then, yeah, it got, it got picked to, uh, it's on uh, season, I think it's on season eight, episode 11 of CSI and Crime Scene Investigation, and we're, we're also in it, we're in that show, playing it in a bar, so we got to play two songs, and the bar scene is a huge fight scene when my song is playing, and it's uh, like six spikes are going on <laughs> at the same time. And uh, it was interesting to see how they filmed that because it was like, it was filmed in like just, I mean, what I thought was bright light. And, uh, but then I guess in color correction afterwards, they made it dark and it looked amazing. And, you know, there was, I mean, they're all pretend fighting, so it was like quiet, like <laughs> people are flying all over the place. So it's like whoever did, you know, the sound design for that show did a great job. Uh-huh. And, uh, so in, anyway, yeah, it was very interesting. And I'm glad that. You know, Rolling Stone even said it was like a standout track on the record. So, written by the drummer, whatever. They didn't mention my name, but they just said <laughs> the drummer. I was like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> whatever. Anyway, that was that was cool.
2: I remember watching that. You told me it was going to be on, and I remember watching that on TV when it came yeah. out, and I was like,
6: "Hey, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> That's my friend." Yes, <laughs> Ted was, I, I think, uh, our bass player. Ted Kemp was in uh, Europe doing some solo tour at the time, so we got uh, Baron Miller, who was a guitar tech. We had him playing bass in the, you know, in the show because we needed someone to play bass. So, so uh, Ted was not on that one, unfortunately. That would have been cool.
2: Oh yeah. So then you you left Shooter and you went on to play with Eric Sardinas.
6: Yeah. Yeah, that came out of absolutely nowhere. Uh, that was, uh, you know, in the meantime, I would do studio. Before I met Shooter, I had done studio stuff with Pink and a song for Macy Gray, Dionne Warwick, like a bunch of guys, Sebastian, who's an Australian pop idol winner. He did a thing with Maya. So I did all this crazy stuff before Shooter, but then I got a call from, we used to play in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Um, when I was a shooter at, I think it's called Heritage Hall. It's like a, sort of a, it looks like, a, it looks kind of like a, almost like a gymnasium, but it's a theater, you know? Right. And uh, we, we, uh, the, God, it was Aubrey is his name, the guy who owned it. And he called me and he said, Eric Sardinas is looking for a drummer. And I was like, who's Eric Sardinas? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know uh, who he was, or anything, and the next thing, I and he said, the bell's gonna call you, the bass player's gonna call you, and so, and which he did, pretty much, I mean, while I was, like, talking to him, I got a call, and he's like, it's a blues thing, you know, uh, I was like, can you send me some music so I know what it sounds like, and he goes, we need someone quickly, and I was like, okay, uh, he goes, yeah, we'll send you some stuff, and a day went by, and, uh, and I was like, well, maybe, Maybe it's not going to happen. They didn't send me anything. And I was driving out to, I think, is it called Apple Valley? Yeah. And uh, Apple Valley was driving out there to do this country gig that I just transcribed literally 67 songs over the past five days because I was going to start playing a bunch of shows with these guys. And uh, I get a call from an unknown number, and this guy's like, hey, um, I'm with Eric Sardinas. Like, we need a yes or a no. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what it sounds like. I still don't know what it sounds like. He's like, he said, and, and, and I was like, well, I don't, and also I don't even know who this is. Who is this? And he said, this is Chris Fraser, who I've listened to since I was in high school. He was the drummer on Steve By Flexible. He was wow. on, he was on Passion and Warfare. I mean, he's just amazing drummer, killer drummer, and uh, and and a lot of that stuff with Vai there's like time signatures. Which I'm fine with time signatures. I can play whatever signature, and uh, but anyway, he said we need a yes or no, and then and if you, if you say no, I mean you're the first on the list, and then we're gonna go down. And there's like five other drummers out of Modern Drummer magazine. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. He goes, okay, good. We're flying you out in three days to, you know, Philadelphia. You're gonna play that. You're gonna do three weeks, you know, in the U.S. or You're gonna have two weeks off, and then you're gonna be seven weeks in Europe. And you'll make about $17,000 in the next couple of months. Are you okay with that? I'm like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, so I was like, okay. And then I hung up, and I was like, I can't believe this. Like, I mean, it's like everything just changed literally. Like, the people that I just so said I was going to be playing with forever, I had to tell them on our, my first gig, like, I just got a call. I'm leaving in three days. Uh, I'm sorry. You <laughs> <Or> know, Whatever. <laughs> Which is how it always happens. And uh, and so, yeah, that happened. And I was also, like, what did I just say yes to? Uh, but I listened, you know, I listened to, I found his music and listened to it. And it's, you know, growing up in Texas, I played tons of, you know, shuffles. And I was a rock player, but I could play jazz and I can play shuffle. I, you know, it's all day long after playing in Texas forever. And so it worked out really well and I was with him for about four and a half years. You know, I played with Fuel for a little bit. Eric Eric didn't have gigs for three and a half or four months at one point. And I had uh auditioned with uh for a band called Slunt, S L U N T, who was Brett's uh the singer for for Fuel who uh hurt his wife and it was super cool stuff. But when I auditioned the bass player hadn't shown up yet. So Brett Played bass for the audition, and I got through the four songs in about 15 or 20 minutes. And I was like, They're like, Well, you got the gig because you, you just played it. Uh, so, but then I went to Europe with uh, with Eric, and while I was there, I was on my way back and I texted her about gigs with Slunk. And she goes, I, You might have something else coming your way. And then Brett called me, uh, Brett Scallions from Fuel, and he's like, You want to play with Fuel? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Played with Fuel for, I think it was I think it was three months, and then while they wanted to get the drummer from, who uh, oh, I can't remember, from Puddle of Mud, it's who I guess they were either waiting on or wanted him for a while, but wasn't available, so they got him, and then I went back with Eric and played the Monterey Jazz Festival, which was amazing because all my favorite Miles Davis had played. I mean it's like one of the best festivals oh, yeah. you can play, and it was amazing. Uh anyway, yeah. So then after all that I, I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska to, to for a big life reset button for what, five or six years and then, you know, a year I think and now it's been a year and eight months or something like that. Almost two years I've been in Nashville.
2: Wow. And what are you doing in Nashville? You're playing now you've got a new I'm one. Playing
6: with, I'm playing with anybody who calls me. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I mean, Nashville was a, uh, it's unlike any city. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. There's no city I know where you can go. I mean, if you're ready to, you know, if you can learn songs really fast and you can, you know, make it feel good and you have a good time and you get along with people... You can make a living playing music. So, and then I got called, you know, this is the main, the main thing that's kind of going on at the moment, uh, is this band called In Theory, which I got a call from uh, Mike Mostert, is his name. He's a guitar player, great guitar player, uh, incredible player who lives in Muscle Shoals. And, you know, his singer, Tony Cabino, who lives in New York, uh, called me. Uh, Out of nowhere, and to see if I would be interested in doing it. And they sent me the song six songs that were already recorded and totally rocked. And I said yes, and went down and rehearsed. And then soon after that, they asked me if I could record. And whoever they were playing with, I don't know what happened, uh, me sabotaging himself. I don't know, but I ended up recording. uh, So I'm on like six. Or, I'm on seven songs now for this new record. That was all recorded down at East Avalon Studios in Muscle Shoals. It sounds amazing. And they're slamming songs. And it's all been recorded about, you know, I don't know, seven or eight months ago. And we did a video up in St. Louis with the people who do they do videos for Seven Dust and, and all these, like, rock bands. It came out great. That's going to come out. In, a couple, in three weeks, so July 21st. That's coming out and we're doing our first live show with, I think it's named Jared James Nichols, killer guitar player. And it's going to be in Florence, Alabama, um, the 23rd. So, and that's going to be in front of a bunch of, you know, booking agents, uh, PR people. Uh, but there are already people that are all working behind the scenes right now. And I think Uh, September that's going to take off So you know We'll see and when it say take off Like probably tons of like opening Opening spots at first For bigger bands And and, uh, you know The whole bus and everything so it should be I'm looking forward to that because I'm on it Uh, You know like when you're on A recording and you get to go play it live That's always my favorite You know thing to do because you're You're pushing yourself forward With a band but you know, these guys are great. The singer is from, one of the singers is from L.A. Uh, Lanisha, she's the backup singer for Stevie Wonder, and she's with J-Lo. And then Tony Cabino is the main singer from New York. And then the bass player, Red, is from Muscle Shoals. and then me. So I don't know. It worked out really well. I'm, I don't know how I got in this, but I like it a lot.
5: Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, rock. I guess so. It's,
6: it's hard rock definitely the heaviest thing i've ever recorded there's another guy i've been playing with david uh graham and the eskimo brothers who i actually might be out with at the end of this month all the way through august which actually we're playing san diego and los angeles at the end of august so maybe you can come out to that show oh, I'd love um, to. but the, he plays at layla's all the time like every tuesday and wednesday and sunday so, and it's like rock, it's kind of like rockabilly, uh, sort of rockabilly bluegrass, some really fast tempos, but really, really good, um, really good stuff.
2: So, do you have, you have a website?
6: Uh, no, pretty much. It's, I just use, uh, you know, I'm on Feel Good uh, on, on Instagram and Facebook. And I mean, at that point, that, that's all I'm really, I mean, that's all I like kind of, at this point on Facebook, I'm either, you know, posting stuff about whoever I'm playing with and dates or, you know, pictures of my dog, Gova, <laughs> or or other people's dogs. I don't know. It's either dogs or music on my page at this point. I don't really, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really jump on there and go, well, I'm driving to the hardware store now, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I'm not that person. I don't need to chronicle my life on there, but it is good for you know whenever you're playing the show like you know like send that out and uh
2: and that's about it oh that's great though i I was just thinking you'd mentioned earlier about coming up this way when your son graduated high school, and I yeah. remember seeing your post about that, and i thought already i i mean i I knew him when he was <laughs> about four or five years old.
6: <laughs> yeah that's right yeah yeah already is right i mean it kind of dips by very very quickly he's now at you know he's 18 and he's going into his sophomore year of college now and
5: oh he's God. like
6: six foot three like <laughs> taller than me and you know of course anyone in the world has a deeper voice than me anyway i sound like a smurf. but uh <laughs> but uh but whatever it's like he's a and also he's just ripped he's like he's obsessed with working out and I mean, I was like, I told you to send me some pictures. I was like, Gunnar, you're like, you're like, other than seeing a picture on Muscle and Fitness magazine, I don't know any human being personally that looks like you. <laughs> so,
2: I thank you very yeah. much for taking the time.
6: Oh, and, God, absolutely. <laughs> I it took a while. A you are so
2: busy. It was like, how about this day? Well, no, how about this one? We kept going back and forth for a while, and so I'm so glad. They are finally able to connect, and I, like I said, I really missed you all these years. I'm following you on Facebook and seeing everything you do, and um, look forward to to see what's going on with M theory, right?
6: Yeah, M theory. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you a, a link when the video comes out on the 21st. I'll, I'll post it, but I'll I'll literally send it to you, and and I'll hope post you like it too. And also, I'd miss you, too, and it's uh, it's really great to reconnect.
2: It is. It, it, I'm just so thrilled. Well, thank you so much, Brian. And no problem. Let's stay in touch and maybe, okay. maybe do another interview in a few months and see what's going on with you again.
6: Yeah, I think a lot can change in a few months at this point. <laughs> well,
2: you know, in the music biz, that's the way it is.
6: Yeah, that is that's true. It's uh, it's that's definitely it's the con- change is definitely the the constant in the music business. It's being a chameleon, you know.
2: Right. All right. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Brian. And um... you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>
7: In the back of the bus Oh, sweetheart, I know what you want to do You want to get high, Then get higher Every city's just a little bit different In the same way You want to get dark Then get darker I Spend every minute to the limit To the end of my day sit down, honey, I'm going to tell you the truth for the first time. Oh, no dinner, no movie, no flowers, no models, no soup, no tie, no cell phone calls, no promises, popcorn, roller skates, diamond rings, i making cakes, no brand. feel nice. Thank you, dear. You think I might see you next year? Stoned, and then get stolder. Every woman just a little bit different in the same way. I want to go
2: just listened to uh, the interview with Brian Keeling and a song he wrote when he was with Shooter Jennings called Higher and he tells you all about that song and like I said, he in the interview, it was the band and the song were featured on a CSI episode and I remember Brian telling me and I watched it. I was watching it on TV going, that's my friend, that's (laughs) my friend on there. It was very cool and Brian said he just wrote that in about, he, about 20 minutes or something, and then Shooter asked him to put add another yeah. onto it. But it was it's a great song, and now I've got it going through my head for the last few days, can't get
1: it out. And but what did we hear to start the show?
2: We had a little snip of Hire. Yeah. Just that little snip, and uh, just to kind of tease everybody. Yeah. But it's a great song, and I look forward to hearing more from Brian and his band and um in theory in theory
1: we do need to go see him
2: we definitely do i said the last time i probably saw him was at nam show and and he hasn't been to nam show in a long time so we had a great great time catching up
1: well thank you so much for joining us on cords vines and dines thanks to our official produce sponsor melissa's produce of melissas.com and uh, thank you robert for all the goodies.
2: And it was absolutely a wonderful show again, Tom.
1: Next week, Paul Thorne. Next week, Paul
2: Thorne. I know you can hardly (laughs) wait.
1: I'm just a little excited.
2: Just just a teeny bit. All right, well, everybody, you have a good week. Until next Sunday.
1: Bye-bye. Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're
3: listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network.